Before we get started today, I want to take a moment and encourage you, if you haven't already, to subscribe to this show on your preferred podcasting platform. And when you do, don't just go back into the archives and take a deep dive on everything that we got on the I Know You Hear Me podcast, but leave a five-star review. Leave a written review if you think I've earned it. Subscribe, share with your family, share with your friends, and get connected on social media. All of that helps this show and helps the algorithm, and it means a lot to me, and it's more than I could say. And now that we got the housekeeping out of the way, let's take a real look into the world of Flynn Hendricks and the Flynn Hendricks experience. Welcome back, everybody, and I hope you're ready for the Flynn Hendricks experience. Now, on the last episode in this series, I discussed being a heel, meaning being the bad guy, whether it's in wrestling, acting, or just whatever kind of performance situation you're in. Now, today we're going to be talking about the exact opposite of that. Now, with a heel, the goal is to be the absolute biggest asshole and villain with no redeeming qualities who thinks they're the hero in their own mind, who sprinkles a little bit of truth into what they say. But of course, you can't have a heel and you can't have an antagonist without a protagonist. So in that regard, the babyface, the good guy, the hero, this is something that, like a heel, I would say, is kind of becoming a lost art. There are certain guys in the wrestling business you can look at, and it's funny that the names never change on this, but you look at them and you see that they are the epitome of a babyface. They're badass and they can kick ass and take no names when the time comes, but they're also very sympathetic. They also fight from underneath, and they're also, they don't die. They don't give up when they're getting their ass kicked by that heel who had to cheat to take advantage of them. And those three names are always Ricky Morton, Shawn Michaels, and Ricky Steamboat. You watch these guys, and the reason I say this is a rarity nowadays is because it seems like so many people in the wrestling business still want to be a Stone Cold Steve Austin. There was only one Stone Cold Steve Austin, and even then, he knew how to sell. But in his demeanor, he was that redneck badass that gave the middle fingers to his boss, drank beer, and drove whatever vehicle he could get his hands on to the ring. But when it comes to being a babyface in today's day and age, a lot of guys aren't built like Stone Cold Steve Austin. A lot of guys don't even have the personality of a Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they try to put on a persona that doesn't bring their authentic self to the table, and the crowd picks up on that. Dump on them as we might, or... However you may say, if, if if I'm a heel, especially this redneck crowd, they will pick up on if you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe the character that you're portraying. Now, in saying that, these guys don't need to be afraid to be vulnerable. They should be willing to fight from underneath. You listen to these veterans in the locker room that know all about this, and that's what they prefer. Not to pull it too far behind the curtain, but they don't mind being the victim for a little bit. They don't mind taking the beating and then coming back, house of fire, spirit of 76, and just finally tearing into that bad guy when they get the advantage. This is what it has to be. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to emote. You have to register this like it really hurts. You have to be sympathetic and relatable to the crowd at the same time. Shake hands. Kiss babies. I guess you can still do that with COVID and all that, but neither here nor there. You get what I'm saying, though. You have to be friendly. You have to be a good role model to these kids so that their parents will want to like you, too, because their kids look up to you. That's what it's all about. And when you have somebody like that, my job as a heel, as the bad guy, as the antagonist to the protagonist, 
it makes my job even easier. And realistically, my job makes the protagonist's job even easier. Because if I'm doing my job and riling that crowd up, they should be foaming at the mouth, ready to see you come out and beat me from kingdom come. Beat me from pillar to post, however you want to say it. But at the end of the day, too, if I cheat to win in the match, or they're wanting to see you take my title from me and I somehow slip through, or I take advantage of a mistake you made because you were so fired up in the moment, that is the sign that you have found it. You are that sympathetic baby face. They believe in you. They know you could have beat me if I hadn't have cheated to win or if I hadn't have caused you to slip on a banana peel, so to speak. You have to be willing to be sympathetic. You have to get down on a level that these people can understand. You have to talk to them, not at them. Make them feel included in what you do. Sign autographs, take pictures, just be willing to be that good guy hero, that humble down-to-earth guy, and if you have an ego as we all do, keep it in check around them. Just make it fun and make it a special experience for them. Make those memories so that that way when you come to the ring, they are invested in you and your character. And on top of that too, if you're in the middle of a heat spot, meaning the bad guy has the advantage on the good guy, Don't just emote to that person in the front row. Think of it like theater. You have to reach to that person in the back. You have to reach out your hand. You have to have tears in your eyes. You have to make this real to them so that they suspend their disbelief. You have to do that. Because if you don't include them and you just go through the motions like a robot or you're this stone-cold badass that doesn't get a reaction from the crowd, then you're, you're not a good guy or a bad guy. You're just somebody that's there and is in a wrestling ring, or is on stage. You have to do that. And you have to bring traits from your real personality to it, too, because, you know, if you were somebody in, let's say, elementary or middle school that was bullied, you know what it's like to be taken advantage of physically, and you know how to emote that. You have to bring that to the forefront, because that was a real moment for you. And also, too, if you were somebody that stood up to the bully... Bring that mentality because you I guarantee you, I hate to say it, but there's somebody in that crowd that's being bullied or that has been bullied and that will relate to what you say. They will believe in you. You will be their hero. And when you do that, it's the perfect storm for a great psychological match where the bad guy and the good guy are locked horns in a struggle of good versus evil. And it's it's basic storytelling. It's good versus evil. And If you know how to emote it, if you know how to show emotion, if you can express that emotion and let them see the expressions on your face, let them see you fire up, let them see you get into it, then that is what it's all about. And on top of that too, again, it just comes back to bringing your authentic self to the table. And you have to have these relatable moments. You have to be able to relate to these people. And again, you have to have that nice guy side to you. And I think everybody has it to an extent. Everybody has a nice charitable side that just wants to be loved. And sometimes you have to earn the affection of the crowd. You have to be willing to take the punishment and earn their respect. Because a lot of these guys that come to wrestling shows are just that. They're tough, burly, redneck men or grown men that don't want to see that sympathetic underneath baby face. But eventually he wins them over. Look at somebody like a Tommy Dreamer back when he first started in ECW. The man is a hardcore icon now, but the crowd hated him. They absolutely hated him because they thought he was nothing more than a pretty boy in suspenders 
until he took, I don't even remember how many times he got hit with a Singapore cane, which is a, a kendo stick, or as you've seen martial artists use. He had whelps on his back, but he kept getting up. And, you know, people can say, oh, that's fake, that's fake. No, his back was bleeding because he took near, I think, 30 shots to the back and kept getting up, kept saying, thank you, sir, may I have another? He did not stop. He showed balls. He showed intestinal fortitude. He showed that he was a tough motherfucker, and that earned him that respect. From then on out, the crowds cheered him. The crowds invested in him because he was legitimate. He showed that he could have a tough guy streak. If it came down to it, he could throw hands. He could take punishment and come back and kick the bad guy's ass, and that's what you need. Now, I'm not saying you have to go out and do something extreme like that. In fact, I don't encourage that at all. But if that's what it takes, you have to be willing to win these people over because it's not an overnight thing. You have to have character. You have to be able to talk. You have to be able to emote what you're feeling. And in that regard, too, taking acting classes is a great idea because wrestling is soap opera with men in spandex or even women to that regard it's a physical soap opera and if you can't emote emotions in a realistic way or you're just pretending the crowd is not going to care but if you were able to take improv classes Shakespearean classes so that you can reach that person in the last row of the building that is going to help you tons and I'm speaking from experience of helping me become a heel and helping me be sympathetic in acting situations more so than wrestling situations, which they're all acting situations to an extent, but it's helped me discover more ways to bring realistic experiences in my life to the table and emote them the ways the crowd can either love and understand and sympathize with or that they just get agitated, irritated, and want to punch me in the face with. And it all comes down to just bringing authenticity to the table. But if you're somebody that's breaking into the business and you're still new, you're still looking for ways to learn, watch these guys like Ricky Steamboat, Ricky Morton, Shawn Michaels. Watch Dusty Rhodes promos. Watch him bring these people in. And I guarantee you, if you don't learn something, then you're in the wrong business. And something, too, I mentioned earlier before I wrap this up about not dying, you watch Ricky Steamboat. You watch how even though he's on the defensive, even though the bad guy's taking taking advantage of him, he's still making him fight for it. If he's in the corner, he's trying to push that guy back. He's trying to cover up. He's trying to make that villain work to get those shots in on him. It's as simple as that. You just don't die. You have a never-say-die attitude. And if you have that, you will earn the respect of the crowd. And then you will earn the respect of your peers because you will be easy to work with. They'll know they have a night off, especially if they're the bad guy or if they're your tag team partner. They're going to know, oh, this guy's over. He's he's easy to work with and my job is going to be easy now because I'm going to get a pop just for him being my partner. It all comes down to that. And you can look at it too. Look at me working with Vic the Bruiser over this past summer. Vic is... He outweighs me by probably about 120 pounds, but he still sold for me. He was still vulnerable. He made the things that I did to him look like it was hurting him. And which, you know, in wrestling, everything we do has the potential to cripple, kill, or maim someone. And he emoted that to the crowd. He put himself in an emotional state to show that he was in danger, that I might actually win his title. And the crowd bought into it that a five foot eight, 210 pound guy could hurt this guy that was bigger than him. 
It's all about being willing to be vulnerable, being authentic, and bringing authenticity to the table, and just being able to show fire and passion. That's what it all comes down to. So if you're somebody that's looking to be a babyface or wanting to learn more about being a sympathetic good guy, take acting classes. Go watch these promos and watch matches with Ricky Morton, Shawn Michaels, Ricky Steamboat. Watch the promos of Dusty Rhodes because he was a master at bringing those people in. You watch stuff like that and you are guaranteed to learn these tips and tricks that will help you bring your own authentic flavor to the table and make you a sympathetic babyface. And that's going to wrap it up right there for our third episode of the Flynn Hendricks Experience. So I hope you learned something. And again, these are all just my little tips and tricks and takes on what it means to be a babyface. So it may not be the gospel to somebody else, but this is just how I see it. This is just what I've learned and experienced in my 15 years. And I hope that it gives you something to look forward to next time we're back. I don't know what the topic is going to be just yet, but hey, that's the fun in this. So we'll see you in a couple weeks for another episode of the Flynn Hendricks Experience.